What a blessing we have, eh? It's a good way to begin the year, good way to sing good words, a uh, great way to begin the service as well. We started with Church Life, and thanks to Thomas Koo for leading us through that and sharing the words to remember. Now, I don't know if you saw that. We had, uh, we had Braden with a little video sharing the words to remember. So if you have the words to remember and you memorize the words to remember this week, then just make your video, uh, shoot it sideways, uh, landscape, that's sideways for you, uh, and send it to us. And we'd love to be able to share it with, uh, with the church family as a whole. Uh, next week would be great. Uh, and memorize it. Memorize it as a whole. I think that it'd be good for all of us to be able to put scripture in our mind. It doesn't hurt. It actually just helps us to connect the dots because that's what we're going to do today. We're going to connect a lot of dots inside there. I don't know if we've got any more light uh, on the back there. If you guys can work on that. That'd be a miracle as well. That'd be great. Super. Thank you so much. Uh, and then Kids Life. Thanks so much for Dina for taking us for Kids Life. What I love about what Dina does with Kids Life is that it's not just for the kids, it's for me as well. So I was counting. I was counting all pieces of luggage. I don't know how you did eight, but that's great. But it's all good with that as well. The application for both ourselves as kids and, and for us as adults as well is pretty important. And then Community Life, which you guys hesitated. You're kind of scared, but good. It's good. It's, it's, very, it's very interesting because uh, the idea that we, we are encouraging to do is to, to get to know each other. Very novel idea, I know. Community, and we actually pray together, and we, we get up, and you can huddle together. You can huddle in your areas. You don't have to come to the front, but you can actually come and meet other people and pray together. It's really good. But I love listening to the kids pray, and I love seeing the kids pray as well. It's fantastic. So it's all good. Each of these moments, each of these moments is part of being grounded in love, but it's actually about an ordinary becoming an extraordinary moment. An ordinary becoming an extraordinary moment. And it can be in big things and it can be in small things because, after all, I mean, who wants to be ordinary? Anybody want to be ordinary? Yeah, ordinary? Just, or, just ordinary? Not extraordinary. I, I kind of want to be a little bit extraordinary, not just ordinary. I mean, who wants to buy? And I actually, I went and got these because I, I needed them. And I, happened to, I was so blessed to be able to find these. But who wants to buy a clementine? And if you find a clementine... Nobody wants to buy a clementine like this. This is a manky clementine, right? Oh, who would ever dream of having a clementine? You want a clementine like this. This, what is that? That's, that's just, that's wrong. I don't even know that, that is a clementine. Because this is just not appropriate. I mean, you take this clementine home and you peel it. I guarantee you that if you take this home and you peel this, you're going to open it up, you're going to eat it, and it's going to be full of water and mold. Uh, 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 who would like this ordinary clementine? Uh, nobody? Uh, so disappointed. So disappointed. But so many of us, I don't know, so many of us would kind of like that. Who wants to have that car, that ordinary car, that as soon as the warranty's finished, the car breaks down? Uh, no, nobody does, really. Who wants to have the training event, the sports event, that you train for so that you can come in fourth? Right? You don't want to get bronze, you just want to come in fourth. So close. No, no, who wants an ordinary life? Who really wants an ordinary life? Oh, a few, you still do. Oh, interesting. I know, because some of you are saying, well, no. Okay, well, let me ask you, who wants an extraordinary life? Let me just see, because some of you don't know how to raise your arms. Like, do my arms move? All right, all right. And how many of you don't want to raise your arm today? All right, good, all right, good, all right. <laughs> so, 
If I ask you, and I'm asking you this then, is it unreasonable or reasonable? Some of you are like saying, oh, it's unreasonable, Pastor Japheth. I mean, don't set yourself up too high. What you need to do is don't dream too big. Don't vision too much. Just take the bar a little lower. I've had people say this to me. You should just take it down a peg, slow it down a little bit, just take it back a little bit, and maybe things will be better if you just slow down a little bit, and your expectations could be a little bit less, a little bit more ordinary. I mean, start to embrace the ordinary, aim for the ordinary, seek out the ordinary, focus on the ordinary, settle on the ordinary. When someone offers you a clementine like this, reject it. What you really want is really you want one of these. What you really want is one of those. Just refuse it. You want to, in fact, you want to take one of those manky clementines, go in the corner, go in the corner, sit with the clementine, peel it, let all the water flow out, all the mold kind of rub on you and say, I love the ordinary life. That's what you need to do. And then you'll feel satisfied. Then you'll feel happy with self. I mean, who wants full flavor anyway? Nobody wants this. I've told you about this, how in England there is this supermarket called Sainsbury's and uh, you can go in there, you can buy fruit and then they have a, a, a product line, a fruit line that actually is called Taste the Difference and really what they're trying to do is to make you spend a little bit more money but what they're trying to do is to say to you that you can just buy this clementine that tastes okay or you can buy the clementine that tastes like a clementine. I'm like, of course you want to go buy the clementine that tastes okay but no, you want to buy the one that tastes the difference but there are many people who just buy the ordinary clementine and they go home and they peel it and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. <laughs> but they're happy with it for some reason. I don't know, because somehow we push against the extraordinary and we don't understand why. Do you want 2019 to be extraordinary or ordinary? Extraordinary. How many of you want it to be extraordinary? How many of you would like it to be Ordinary. Ah, we will work on you through this message. I have a goal. All right. Do you want the year to be grounded in love? Grounded in love. And in order to be grounded in love, we actually need to decide whether it's going to be ordinary or extraordinary. So how do you know whether it's going to be ordinary or extraordinary? How do you decide this? Do you ask your mom or dad? Uh, I'd like to be grounded in love, and I don't know how to make it ordinary or extraordinary, so I'll ask my mom and dad. Or... If you want this to be a year grounded in love, do you ask your partner? I ask my partner and say, how do I make this year to be grounded in love, ordinary or extraordinary? Or maybe you say to yourself, I look at my past experiences and I'll ask from my past experiences and decide whether I could do this. Or some of you, I know some of you, are going to ask your children, should we make this year ordinary or extraordinary? Just keeping your room clean would make this Ordinary. No, it would make it extraordinary. It would make it a miracle. And you'd be so happy with that. So why the hesitation for some of us, all three of you? Why the hesitation for some of you? Because I think we struggle with this idea, which words to remember that we've talked about. Bring praise to God's glory. Bring praise to God's glory. It's a phenomenal idea. But in order to bring praise to God's glory, you have to live an extraordinary life. You can't live an ordinary life. You have to live an extraordinary life because you are bringing praise to God's glory and God is extraordinary. And he deserves something not just ordinary. He deserves something amazing. You have to live in a different space. So it's a new year. 
new series, new passage, new ideas. And behind me, as you've seen, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this text called... Uh, very good. <laughs> I was like, it's a trick question. <laughs> it's Ephesians. Yes, Ephesians. Very good. I'm, I'm so glad that you guys can see that. That's Ephesians. And I, in fact, I wrote to all the teachers of Camp Sanitas this week, and I said to them, uh, through a sauna, you're like, what is a sauna? That's why you don't know. Uh, so um, <laughs> I wrote to them, I said to them that what I'd love you guys to do over the next month, because this will be up for the entire series, is sometimes during your connect group time is to bring your entire connect group, group up here. And Sherry Eichmann, she went and got uh, a whole group of, um, uh, a whole bunch of amazing crayons and pens. And I want you to come and, and have the kids kind of mark the text. So they can come up here, they can write, they can draw like I did, a key for something that's really amazing. They can underline, you can teach them how to underline something. They can write a question. If they said, what's that mean? And if I can see it, then that'd be great because then I can actually respond to it and we can interact and hopefully graffiti the entire text over the whole month of January as we kind of like own this text because I'm going to teach you how to kind of mark your Bible, highlight your Bible, interact with the text, kind of grow inside this. But this is what we're doing inside there. Let me give you one example, one great example that you see inside here. And I don't know if the camera, the camera can kind of zoom inside here, but uh, when I was reading the whole book of Ephesians in preparation for this series, I came through to Ephesians chapter 3, which is down here, came through to this verse over here, verse 17, and this is what it says. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, heart may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know that the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's where the series title comes from, Grounded in Love. It's right in the middle of Ephesians, right inside there. So I highlighted it for you so you could have that. That's the name of the series that we're looking at for 2019 for the whole month of January, Grounded in Love. That's what Paul wants to tell us about this. Now, Zan Long, you may remember Zan, she's a pastor out in Kellerville. I was there in November in Australia, preaching at their church. Sat down with Martin, the senior pastor, and sat down with Zan, she's working there. And she created for us uh, this week, um, and this is for the entire series, this little book, it's called Live Wonder, Grounded in Love. It's the whole book of Ephesians for kids, for ages zero to five. So if you're going to beginners, all the parents are going to go to beginners this week, make sure you get a copy of the book of Ephesians for kids, right, for zero to five. And if you don't get it this week because you forgot to go downstairs after the worship today, we'll make sure you have it for next week and next week and the following week as well. But this is a really great way for you to be able to teach your kids about all the big themes, all the big ideas inside the book of Ephesians. And so you'll have that down there and that'll be inside, inside beginners. And then... Betty Moon, uh, very graciously, very kindly, what she did is she took this, this particular graphic. I think you'll see the graphic up here next. Uh, it's the whole book of Ephesians. You see that? Wow. It's kind of interesting. The whole book of Ephesians. And she printed it on this beautiful parchment-like paper, wrapped it up with this Romanesque leather string here. She was going to put a seal on it of wax, but um, I think... Uh, we didn't make the seal happen this time. It will happen next time. Uh, but this is going to be available to all the other kids, and it will be in Camp Sanitas today as well. So you will get that when you go to your large group as well. And you'll have a copy of that. So that takes you through the whole book of Ephesians. And if you don't get it today, it's okay. If you're online and you don't get it, um, come next week. 
and we will make sure you have a copy of this. So this actually has Ephesians for you. So you have all this stuff, because I want you to be able to explore the book of Ephesians with us. In addition to that, the kids also have the kids' activity packs, which are, as you heard Thomas talk about it, they're over there. Jessica kindly made this wonderful sheet. Uh, it's like six pages long of great stuff to do with the book of Ephesians with the passage today. And so you should all have that with your crayons and your word searches. And so we are all studying the book of Ephesians, and we're all embedded inside it. And I hope that you will, as you study this, start to understand the journey of what we're going in. Now... I don't know if you've ever seen this image. I'm going to show you this next image up here. This actually is uh, the structure of our church. And you're like, I've, I love Venn diagrams. I dream about Venn diagrams. In fact, I, I draw them all the time to organize my family. I know you do. I know three of you do. So I may draw a lot of Venn diagrams in my spare time. Uh, it's called doodling or loneliness. And so... Um, <laughs> This Venn diagram here basically has uh, the center right there, and that's actually going to be our fourth week, right? And basically, the fourth week of this series is where we're going to be all the way over here in chapter 6 of Ephesians. We're going to be looking at this text. I'm going to talk to you about a really awkward subject, prayer, shock horror. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. We're going to talk about how Jesus is the center of our lives and what that actually looks like, because I know a lot of you love to pray, and a lot of you don't know how to pray. And a lot of you are kind of scared of prayer. And a lot of you don't know how to harness the power and the strength and the beauty and excitement of prayer. So we're going to talk about that on that particular week, the final week of the series. In fact, on that week, we're going to celebrate communion. And we're going to celebrate communion entirely different, in a way that you've never celebrated communion before. I'm going to encourage you all to be partaking of communion together. You're like, what? Does that involve the, the thing, you know, with... The feet and the, the, the foot washing? Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. All of us, bring your kids, bring your families. It's going to be fantastic. Then the week before that, third week of this series, we're going to look at community, which is this particular passage over here. And in this community section, we're going to look at what it means to belong to community. How do we take care of Vista Ridge Academy, which is actually part of our mission? of this church here? What do we do to engage? What do we do to engage in all the ministries that actually we take care of locally here and further afield? What are we gonna to do to actually grow in this particular area? And so I wanna discuss that and talk about that and challenge you with some pretty practical and amazing things that we're gonna do inside community inside there. Then we're gonna look at our church, which is next week, and next week is our church, and that's gonna be in this section over here, chapter three, all the way through. And for our church, that's where we talk about discipleship, we are talking about what it means to be a follower. That was what that diagram talked about, what it means to be a follower, how you, do, you grow every single day. I'm going to announce to you and share with you that some people may be interested in this. You'll see it in the bulletin next week and in the worship guide that uh, we're going to go to Israel uh, and Jordan this summer. Uh, we'll, and if you want to go to Greece to see where, where Paul walked, and so you'll be able to go and join us on a, on a group where we'll actually go to the sites and be part of that. And so we'll advertise all of this, let you know where you can go and experience the locations and the sites. And so all of this will be online, and you'll share all the details with that. That'll be straight at the end of school year, uh, taking place inside there. But today, today, I'm part of that Venn diagram, we're talking about our circle, which is the very first part here, chapter one, Ephesians chapter one. So happy new year, my friends. Oh. 
a phrase that we use all the time and we say to each other. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? How many of you made one New Year's resolution? Okay. How many of you made three? How many of you made ten? Oh, oh, ten. Game on. <laughs> right. All right. Keep it made ten. At least ten is what he's saying. <laughs> I want to see. This is amazing. Is it 10 with subpoints? <laughs> oh, very good. It's one with 10 meanings. It's uh, clever. All right. <laughs> Some of us, though, we don't make New Year's resolutions anymore because we know that if we make a New Year's resolution, we're going to break them. So what we decide to do is to not make any New Year's resolutions because we set the bar at the ordinary level. <laughs> Uh, you're like, oh no, I'm ordinary. No, 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 no. We can come back. We're going to be coming back to the extraordinary level. And this is what Paul is trying to do. He's trying to pull us all the way back to a kind of a great place of where I want you to enjoy the extraordinary level inside there. And this is what I felt when I read this whole thing is that I felt that the whole story of his book was actually about something amazing inside there. He, in fact, was saying, I, he wants to say his story is actually our story. He says, Jesus' story is actually our story. And if you understand Jesus' story, you'll be able to bring praise to God's glory. You'll be able to set your bars really high. You'll want to set really great expectations for yourself. Whenever I fly to London from Denver, it always takes me through a particular route to land into Heathrow, London Heathrow Airport. But in December, I was flying from Spain into Denver, which took me through a new route to come into the country. And as I flew over London, I got to see London from a different perspective. And as I was coming in, I looked out the window and I saw the London Eye. If you haven't been to London, if you have been to London and you haven't been in the London Eye, it was probably cloudy. That's why you didn't go. But if you can go in the London Eye, into London, and in the London Eye, there are only three days in the year when it's worthwhile getting inside there. That's when it's not overcast. And so you want to get inside London and go in the London Eye. And this is the picture that I actually I took up there. Um, and this is, as you can see, it's amazing that it's not. Uh, it's much better on Instagram because it's this big on Instagram. But on there, it looks so-so. So as I was flying over, I was like, oh, look, that little thing over there, red circle that you can see kind of there. That's actually the London Eye. Oh, and I remembered it, and I remembered being there, and just how in awe I was, because as you go to the top of it, you kind of see the whole map of London. And it's fantastic, because when you get down into London and you walk all the streets, it all makes sense. It all kind of pulls together. This is what Paul is trying to do for us. In fact, what he's doing is, is that he kind of gets into this thing and he enters into the London Eye as he enters into chapter one. He gets carried away inside. And so I actually marked it up for you. I don't know if you can see this, but I marked it up for you really quickly. You can open up your Bibles in Ephesians chapter one, and you may want to highlight this in Ephesians chapter one. But I, I marked it up for you so you could see this. But he gets carried away right at the beginning at chapter one, verse one here, the first two verses, he basically starts to say, I, the Paul, the apostle here, he says, I'm writing to the saints. So he mentions himself, he mentions the saints, and then he starts to talk about Jesus, Christ Jesus, Lord Christ Jesus. He mentions him three times. Straight away, he's like, I just want to tell you about Jesus. I need you to know about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you as saints. It's about Jesus Christ. And as soon as he starts to do this, he starts to go into this huge long sentence where he goes for literally from verse 3 all the way to verse 14. In fact, Becky and I were talking about this in the podcast as she read the text 
this week, and she said, that's a really, really long sentence. And it's true, actually. In fact, in Greek, it is the longest Greek sentence in the entire New Testament in the Bible. It's 202 words. And then the next one is 163 words. Paul just gets carried away. He's like, I wanted to tell you about Christ Jesus. I wanted to tell you about who he is. And then he just goes for it and he launches. He can't even take a breath. He's in the London eye. He's looking at the city and saying, oh my goodness, it's breathtaking. It's amazing. Let me tell you about everything I see. I can see Big Ben. I can see the the BBC. I can see the Tower of London. I can see everything. I'm just inside it. It's just so beautiful. And I want you to see everything that's around me so you can be inspired like me, that it takes your breath away because this is the story that if you see the story, your circle, your life will be different. I know that when we read the Bible, we would love the Bible to be always about us. We'd like it to be just about us. But Paul's saying, man, if you can get into the Bible and understand that his story is our story, man, you move from the ordinary to the extraordinary, you start to live in a different space entirely inside there. And then he begins this entire process, and I highlighted this again inside here, where he starts to go in Christ, in him, in love, in the beloved, in Christ, in him, in him, and he starts to use the word in all over the place inside there. I don't know if you picked that up when you read it yourself. He's just, everything is inside Jesus. So the question I have for you is like, what does it mean to be in Jesus Christ? What does it mean to have everything inside Jesus Christ? I mean, if you say everything is inside him, everything is falling in place, what does it mean? His story is our story inside there. If everything falls inside the place inside there. There are some people, though, who struggle with this because they get hung up on the words inside there and they can't even get past the beautiful message, the London eye picture of what's taking place. So as they're reading it, they're reading and they skip where Paul's saying, in him, in Christ, in love, in the beloved, and they get to, he predestined us for adoption. He predestined us for the purpose. And they're like, I have no choice. And they forget that actually Paul has covered the entire text here saying, actually, everything, everything was pulled together in Jesus Christ. In fact, I put a little circle here and I pulled it all the way across this text here because he tells us, look, the grace, the gift that God has given, it's actually all from God. There's nothing that's been predestined in the sense of like, you have no choice. He's saying everything is included in Jesus Christ. Your adoption, your redemption, all these metaphors, all these images, they're all from Jesus Christ. And he wants to tell us this so that we don't leave here thinking for one second that actually I don't belong inside there. Paul also unites together great, met- great examples for them. He says, look, there were the Jews and the Gentiles, not anymore in Jesus, they united together. He says to them, listen, there's the redemption. You remember the Exodus story? Don't worry, he redeems you and he pulls you back. He uses the adoption story. He says, the Romans, you understand that when you're adopted, you actually belong, you're a child, you actually have the rights to the kingdom. He says, you all are part of this. All of this is evidence that you are inside Jesus Christ. The question, of course, that begs to be answered under all of this is, Paul, what does it mean for 2019? What does it mean to, to kind of like now be inside the London Eye and to see the most amazing things taking place in my life? How do I live an extraordinary life? 
I, I understand that you're calling me to this place, but what do I have to do to do this? Yesterday, in the daily walk, Mark Wittes asked this really interesting question. He said, what are the evidences that the Holy Spirit is in possession of life? Do you feel him, see evidences of him, or just have to believe that he's what he's promised to be? I believe the results are when we bring praise to God's glory. I have some friends who are deep fans, deep fans of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I understand what I mean by that. I'm going to summarize the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy for you in one sentence. Ring, hobbit with large feet. Ring again. Done. There you go. All right. This is actually an epic story, though. And it takes about 10,000 years to watch, which is the entire span of time that Middle Earth is in turmoil. Um, but inside this story, written by Tolkien, there's actually something far deeper taking place inside here. For there is a, a fellow called Frodo who's living what we would consider an ordinary life. Other than the fact that he has these humongous, ugly feet, Frodo just lives in the Shire, lives this ordinary life, goes about his business, until he's called into a narrative, into a story, and he's told about this ring, that he must come and take this ring and destroy this ring. He doesn't understand that there is actually a battle between good and evil. We as Seventh-day Adventists, Christians, we understand that there is a battle going on all the time between good and evil all the time. Sometimes we forget that there is this battle taking place all the time. We kind of think that life is just going along and that there's nothing bad or evil taking place around us. And it's just like luck, right? It's just like, oh, the way the chips just landed. But actually there's this conflict all the time taking place. So we're trying to live our ordinary life when there's some extraordinary things taking place beside us. Frodo has to deal with the fact that he actually belongs to a bigger story. And his story, his story is part of the great story. The great story is Jesus Christ. Jesus says, look, my story can become your story. Your circle, your place of influence is when you understand that you belong to something far greater, far bigger than you could ever imagine. There is something far greater to experience inside here. And you can only overcome this, and Frodo could only overcome this, when he accepted the help of others around him. The help is the power of the Holy Spirit. We need this every single day. This is what Paul is going to push through all through the book of Ephesians. He's going to say, look, it's inside Jesus Christ. When you dwell inside him and you live inside him, you live a different life. You walk a different way. And so he's going to allude to so many of the great narratives inside here to, to kind of pull us into this place so that we understand that we can live an extraordinary life. He will say, not only through your adoption, but through your redemption, but through your unity. When the children of Israel had to cross the Red Sea, God said to them, be still and let me do the work. All right? When the children of Israel came to the River Jordan, God said to them, I actually need you to take a step into the water, all right? And then I will part it. When the children of Israel came to Jericho, God said to them, I actually need you to march around the city every day, not once, not twice. You don't see the end of the end. You don't see the light at the end of this tunnel. Just keep on going around the city. It seems futile. It seems ordinary. 
But believe me, something extraordinary is going to take place. Just keep on. Keep on through this. I am with you. Keep on going around Jericho and something will take place. The victory is always in the story that God is with us. So for 2019, we are grounded in love. And I have only three questions for you. Are you ready for these three questions? If you have enemies around you and face a river that seems impossible, what's stopping you from asking Jesus for help? Are you with me? Because some of you know that in 2019, you have things that you feel like are just impossible. You cannot do anything than just ask Jesus like the children of Israel did at the river and ask him for help. Question number two. If you see the promised land this year and you know that it's going to take some risk, I mean, it's going to take major risk. You're going to have to step into the water to be able to do this. What's stopping you from getting your feet wet? Because Jesus is with you, right? And question number three, if you know the city is yours and everybody has a Jericho, everybody has something that is long and hard that we're struggling with, and you have no idea how long it's going to take to get around there, then what's stopping you from saying, Jesus, just continue to be with me because I know that your word is true, your promises are guaranteed, and that's how we can be grounded in the love to pull us through.